Thank you for listening to the Sharon Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about the church, please visit us at SharonChurch.com. Now we hope you learn from and enjoy today's message. Uh, if you grab your Bibles, go and grab them. Turn to Matthew chapter 2. We've got two verses to study this morning. And I'm going to show you how you could spend an hour in two verses. That's the goal for the morning. I'm just kidding. Uh, make, move through it quickly. There's a lot in here, though. There's a lot in these two verses packed in. So we're going to continue uh, just what we studied last night, the account of last night with the wise men. We're going to look at two verses here and then just see for us, what does that mean for us on a day like today? What does that mean for us? So if you would, let's just pray and ask the Lord to help us with his word. God, we need you today. We need you to help us understand your word. It's been written by you, and it's been written for us. So God, I pray that you, the author, uh, would take these words from a page, black and white words, and turn them into words that matter with power today through your spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 2. We studied it last night. Uh, the Magi have come to, to see Jesus. And as they've come, they've uh, encountered King Herod. King Herod is upset that there's a new king of the Jews who has been born. And then we meet the chief priests and the scribes, and they don't care at all about what's happening. And so they've moved on to something else. But this, these magi make their way. So Matthew chapter 2, look at verse 10 and 11. When they, the magi, the wise men, saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. So two verses, but packed full of meaning and application for us on a day like, like today. So let's just go to verse 10. Let's just pick this thing apart. There's all kinds of words. Let's just pick apart what's happening. When they saw the star, when they, the word is behold, when they beheld, when they fixed their eyes on the star, they had an expression. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, these four words, rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, all pretty much say the same thing. It's the same way parents, when your kids are excited about something, they keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. This is what's happening here. So they see the star and they rejoice. And this word itself in the Greek means exceeding gladness. It means exceedingly joyful. But Matthew tells us they rejoiced exceedingly. They rejoiced exceedingly, exceedingly is how they did. They rejoiced exceedingly, exceedingly. With what? Well, with great joy. Great, that, that Greek word is where we get the word mega, with mega joy. They exceedingly rejoiced exceedingly with mega joy. Mega exceeding gratitude or gladness, this word joy. The expression here is a quadruple joy, one author says. It's quadrupled in their joy. Now, I know we're in the South, and we're good uh, Southern people, and so we don't do this thing, right? We don't do exceedingly glad joy that's exceedingly mega joy. We don't do all that, except on Saturdays. You do it. You do it a lot. You do it, well, some of us. Some of you do. I have not done that in a long time on a Saturday, uh, but some of you have, and you enjoy it. We, our kids do it. They get it. They understand this. They understand to rejoice exceedingly with great joy. But it seems like as we get older, uh, we reach a point where we filter that down. We put a governor on our hearts, and we start to tamp some of that down. But notice what's happening here. The wise men had traveled so far, and they saw this star. They were so close, and when they finally saw it again, 
they exceedingly rejoiced exceedingly with mega exceeding gladness. This is how they rejoiced, quadruple joy. And where did it come from? Well, they were on their way to the Messiah. They were so close to the Messiah. Now compare that to the chief priests and the scribes who knew all the information, but there was no joy to be found in them. And you've been around people like that, haven't you? You're sitting next to them. Some of you are sitting next to those people right now. They do things because they have to, not because they get to. You know what I mean? But these wise men, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy because the Messiah was here and they were going to see him. But then verse 11, and going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So this heartfelt attitude of exceedingly great mega joy, it didn't stay there. They expressed it. So we talk about worship a good bit here, but worship for us is not something you just feel in your heart. Worship is something you express. Worship must be expressed. Joy must be expressed. Spouses, you understand that. Because in your heart, you love your spouse, but it means nothing to them until you tell them and show them, right? You could feel it all day long, but until you express it to them, it means nothing. Kids, you understand that. Your parents love you, and they, they tell you they love you. What you love is when they show you how they love you. Now, we have trained our kids from a young age to remind them that when we discipline them, we love them. So you ask our kids, how do you know your parents love you? Well, they discipline me. And I just want you to know that's great parenting. That's what that is. Also, it's a little scary that that's where they go first, but that's, we know. So the way that we express our joy is through action, it's through worship. Worship is not something that's just heartfelt, it's something that we do. It must be expressed or else it's worship, it's worthless. One author says that worshiping Jesus means that we joyfully ascribe authority to Christ with sacrificial gifts. How do we express it? That's how. So let's look at verse 11. Here's how the wise men expressed their worship. First, they fell down, which means they lowered themselves. That's the idea, that they decreased themselves. They fell down. We talked about it a bit last night. We are not the king of our own lives. We are not on the throne. We have to lower ourselves. The first thing they did to express their worship, their exceedingly joyful, glad, mega joy, is that they lowered themselves they fell down and they worshiped him. And then we read how they worshiped him. They opened their treasures. Some of us, the issue for us when it comes to worship is that it's still wrapped up inside. Our treasures, our gifts are still wrapped up inside. There's a vulnerability that comes from actually opening our treasures. Have you ever had that moment when you're giving a gift to someone and you're not sure they're gonna like it? Do you know that moment? Uh, if you, for most men, it happens when you give a gift to your wife. You're not real sure how she's gonna receive what it is you're giving to her. You want her to love it. You're not real sure about it. And so there's some, there's some vulnerability to, in opening our treasures. So when it comes to worship, the first thing is that we must be full of exceedingly great joy. And then from there, it must be expressed to just have knowledge in our minds, to just have an idea in our hearts, but not to express it is worthless. And how do we express it? We bow down and then we open our treasures. We open the gifts God's given to us. We open uh, whatever he has blessed us with. Then what did they do? Well, they offered the gifts. 
They didn't just open them. Now they handed them. They offered them out to Jesus and to Mary, his mother. This is what it means for us to worship. It's joyfully ascribing authority to Christ with sacrificial gifts. Now, I could have, we could have throughout the course of the morning saved the offering for right now because I've guilted you pretty hard into sacrificial gifts. And we could have done that. But the truth is for us, when it comes to ascribing glory, ascribing worth and dignity to Jesus through sacrificial gifts is this. Many of you, you're doing it right now. There are other places you could be right now. There are traditions you have long upheld in your family. There are things that you would have normally been doing at this point in time. But in what you've given to the Lord today, this is worship. Being here gathering is worship. Every Sunday you come to worship is an expression of that. And you're worshiping. Throughout the day today, we're going to have moments of falling back into uh, putting ourselves on the throne, putting family on the throne, putting tradition on the throne. And we have to remind ourselves to fall down and ascribe him worth and glory through sacrificial gifts. Here's what's great about giving our gifts, about worshiping with expressive joy. This kind of worship actually cycles in on itself. If you've been following Christ for a number of years, what you've learned is the more you worship, the more you want to worship. Have you noticed that? The more you give yourself to the Lord, the more you want to give yourself to the Lord. The more you express worship, whether it be through music or serving or giving, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. But the issue for a lot of us is beginning the process of doing it. It's priming the pump and getting going. That's what's beautiful. Giving intensifies worship. Worship intensifies worship. How do you become a more worshipful person? Well, you worship more. That's what you do. And it just, it moves in and of and on itself. It's the beautiful thing about worship. The more we worship, the more we want to actually worship. And I just want to finish with this quote here from John Piper. He says, I cannot avoid the impression then that true worship is not just ascribing authority and dignity to Christ. It is doing this joyfully. Daryl talks to us as staff a lot about uh, the have to versus the get to. What it means to be joyful in our relationship with Jesus is to remember that we get to do this. We get to gather today. We get to sing songs. We get to give. We get to study his word. We don't have to. You don't have to be here. Kids, you have to be here because your parents told you that. But you don't have to. You, you get to be here. And my prayer for us throughout this week that as I've prayed over today is that you would leave today like, why don't we do this every Christmas? Like, why don't we gather and worship and study every Christmas? Why don't we do this? If it's on a Tuesday, why don't we do this? For many of us, the issue is that it's felt like a have to instead of a get to. And I wanna encourage you this morning. If you begin to walk in the get to, it's gonna feel even more like you want to. We get to do this today. We get to follow Jesus today. And what the world needs from us more than anything is people who realize that they get to be a Christian. They get to follow Jesus with exceedingly great joy. We get to do this. So may we be a people of joy this morning. Do you bow your heads and close your eyes? And let's, just, let's just search our hearts this morning and see where we land. I wonder where we are as far as get to and have to this morning. For many of us, 
um, Christmas has started to feel like I have to, even just the tradition that goes along with it. While you may have to go visit your in-laws today, you don't have to worship Jesus. You get to. We get to do this today. And while the chief priests and the scribes were not moved by the get-to, the wise men were. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. There's joy to be found in Jesus today. That he has come. He lived a perfect life that we could not live. And he gave his life, the author of Hebrews says, for the joy set before him. Not because he had to, because he got to. Then he rose again on the third day, defeating sin and death and giving us hope that death doesn't end in death, but in fact, through Jesus, death can end in life. And what we celebrate today is that fact. And may we do it with exceedingly great joy. God, we love you. What a sweet gift it is to gather together today. What a gift it is to see all these children up here full of energy and excitement, but also who are being trained and brought up in the way to understand who you are. That thrills my heart to hear kids answer questions about you and about the Bible with great accuracy. I'm thankful for the volunteers who have poured their hearts into these young men and women. And so God, today, would you teach us through these kids to have exceedingly great joy today? And while things may be chaotic and out of control and we may have to be around people we don't want to be around, God, today we get to make this about you. We get to worship you. So make us like the Magi, that we would rejoice exceedingly with great joy through the expression of our gifts. May we express our worship today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.